So uh, the scripture that Josh uh, talked about yesterday, uh, last week, I should say, was Psalm 27, 4. It says, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days to behold the beauty of the Lord. And that's what I really wanted to touch and focus in on and to inquire in his temple. Those two things, to behold, to behold. So uh, what I wanted to, to talk about today was uh, you can change that word and, and, and looked it up. And a synonym of that is gazing. And uh, Josh, actually, that's the word that Josh used. He used to gaze upon the Lord. So what does it mean to gaze? I looked it up and it says to look steadily and intently, especially in admiration, surprise, or thought. He could only gaze at her in her astonishment. That was the the, uh, example that it used in there. And uh, so to gaze on something, some, something that we kind of have a limitation on is because we can't see a physical being of God. We have to gaze at him in, in other aspects. We have to gaze at him in scripture. We have to gaze what we know about this man, what we know about him in our lives, the things that the, the fruit that he has. Um, so what are we what are we looking at? It's um, so because we can't see a physical father, we we. It, we have to go that extra step. We have to actually take the scriptures and, and study them and not just study them in ways that like uh, 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 reading about it and saying, well, what is, you know, how does the scripture relate to me? But actually going back, doing history, saying what was, what was happening at this time when this was written? Because God, God, I don't know if you guys, if anybody's ever told you, but God acts differently towards different situations. And when you read in the Bible and you actually study what's going on, a lot of the things that people get confused about in the Bible, um, one of them in particular is uh, about women leading in the church. Um, and how many of you guys know God has no problem with women leading in the church? Because uh, there's many, many huge churches run by women. Um, awesome, awesome ministries that are flourishing by, by, by women pastors. And uh, they take that scripture in, in the Bible where it talks about how um, he was rebuking the church for, uh, you know, having these women leaders. Well, how many of you guys know he was rebuking them because the men weren't being men. Men were not stepping up in that church. So he was saying women are not allowed to lead there. I, I need my men to step up. So just little things like that. So people, these debates, you know, back and forth, like, oh, you know, how does God, how does God feel about this? And they don't, they don't actually look at the big context. So, um, when we when we dig into the Bible with different lenses like that, it, it, you know, we we start noticing different things and we start realizing who God is, and really he 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 begins to shape himself and mold himself in our minds, and we get to actually see this beautiful picture. Um, and uh, so, anyways, so we see the effects that he has in our lives, and we see the amazing signs and wonders. I mean, we can look outside. How many of you guys know God's beauty is everywhere? Um, the, the trees, just the, the, the fact that the seasons change, you know, this awesome weather we had yesterday and this, this terrible weather we have now, things like that, the stars, all this, all these things are, they're pointing to God's majesty. Um, in Romans 1, 18 through 20, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So they have no excuse. They're like, there's a, Everything around us, it testifies to God's beauty. So we read in the Bible, and you can read in history books about this man, Jesus. So people always debate, well, you know, how do you know that Christianity is real? And I'm going to tell you guys something that kind of blew my mind. I, I went to, I, I spent some time in Kansas City, and I went and, and I had the opportunity and uh, the privilege to be sitting in some of those amazing classes. Um, 
And I had a, a teacher one time ask the entire student, you know, the class, he was like, well, what would you do if, you know, on the news tonight they showed, you know, breaking news or, you know, now, now we get our news to Twitter. Um, what, if, what if on Twitter they, they found all of a sudden body of Jesus found? And I'm like, dang. And, he, and everybody, the entire class stayed quiet. Nobody had an answer. So, I mean, what would you guys do? What would you do if they found the remains of Jesus? I would tell you to find another, you know, religion, to find another, uh, another way, because this is the entire reason that we exist. This is why we do this, is because we one day have a promise that this man, no other God, no other religion, no other, uh, any spiritual, you know, um, cult, whatever, they, nobody, uh, nobody has a leader who is alive, who, who was here on the earth manifest, who, who died three days later, rose from the dead and people witnessed him ascend into heaven. That is why we do this because we, we know that one day we will be reunited with him. So people always ask me, they're like, well, how do you guys know that Christian? You can read not just in the Bible, you can pick up a history book and you can actually read that Jesus was a real man who died, who rose again and, and ascended into heaven. And you know what? Wow. You, was that like a, some kind of trick back then? <laughs> Pulling strings? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so anyways, that, that's the reason why we do this. And um, how many of you guys know that when, when, when God created the, the heavens and the earth and, and the world and, and humanity and creation, he, he had a specific goal in mind. That goal was to walk with man in perfect unity. And what, what, what came in, in between and what separated that was that sin entered the relationship. Satan knew that sin separates man and God. So what did he do? He told Eve, hey, check out that nice juicy fruit that he told you not to eat. It looks real good. He's <laughs> all it looks real tasty. I bet you it's the best tasting one here. I bet you anything. And then what did Eve do? She goes, oh. She probably looked at Adam and said, oh, I really want to. And Adam didn't say anything. <laughs> he said, Okay. Let's, okay, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so they ate it. Right? And then what happened? They knew. They knew that they were naked. And they hid. They hid from God because they were ashamed. And I think, Josh, you talked about that last week, too. Um, so sin entered the relationship. So, yeah, we have this beautiful man, and we have this beautiful picture of Jesus and, and who he is. But then there's sin. So it's like, how do we get there? If we're gazing at this man, and, yeah, he's beautiful, you're telling me that sin's in, in between both of us. How do I get there? How do I, how do I, how do I be more like that? Isaiah... 59.2, it says, but your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And in Romans 3.23, everybody knows this, for that we have all sinned and all fallen short of the glory of God. So then how are we then to be reunited with him? Satan from the beginning of time has strived to separate his union between God and man. It's the very reason he tempted Eve in the garden. He knew that once he, we disobeyed God's commands that it would spoil God's plan. But how many of you guys know that Satan made a mistake? And the mistake was, was he didn't realize the lengths and the depths and the heights that God would go to be reunited with his, with his creation. He, he, he didn't factor that into his equation. 
he said, yeah, I'm going to, sin is going to enter this relationship and they're going to it's going to separate man and God. But at, he didn't realize what lengths that God would do to be reunited with you. Man, he, he, he didn't, he, I, I don't even know if he ever thought about it, but man, ever since the beginning of that day, God has, and it, it's crazy that it's taken so long, but God has the, the best timing and he does everything for, for in his timing. And ever since then, God has been leading and wooing creation back into right relationship with him. He didn't want it to be forced. People always ask, well, how come God just doesn't come and just, you know, kill all the bad people and just take us to heaven? God, God loves you so much that he wants it to be our choice. He wants it to be our choice. He wants you to say yes to him just as he says yes to you. And so what did, what did, what did God do? And you know, another thing I wanted to touch on is, is how many of you guys know that, that we all love those love stories, you know, on, on movies that, uh, you know, the man gives up everything. They, you know, the, they, they meet, they fall in love, and then there's something separating them, and he's like, oh, I can't be with you. I'm sorry. And then they leave, and they're crying. They show the scenes of the girl crying in the bed. She's like, I'm so heartbroken. And the man's like, oh, he's there, probably on a motorcycle or something, and he's driving. He's like, no, I'm going to be with her. So he goes back, and he turns, and he, against all odds, he goes and rescues her, and he takes this woman. How do you guys love those endings? We all do. We, that, and Hollywood has tapped into this, this, this longing in our hearts. It, we, we love those stories because it's a story of us. It's our story. It's a story of us being imperfect. We don't deserve this this beautiful picture, this beautiful union. We don't deserve it at all. I mean, we're faulty. I'm 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 the I'm I'm a terrible person. <laughs> My wife can tell you I'm not. I'm not a perfect person. And uh, and Hollywood really they they they've tapped into that need and that 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 uh. And they're making a lot of money from it because they're telling these stories, and they're just telling they're just telling our story. And what uh, the the most beautiful thing, like I was saying, is that against all odds, the man goes after the woman, even in her imperfection, in in in, in her darkness, the sacrificial lamb. And that's one of the things that that Satan did not factor into his equation is that. God, in his pursuit of humanity, in his pursuit of, uh, of, of saying yes to you, uh, how many of you guys know in the Old Testament, God used to judge uh, by the law, and they would read the law, and not everybody had access to the Father. No, but anybody had access. They, they had the, you know, the, the temple and the Holy of Holies, and only the priest was allowed to go in there. But, but again, going back to last week, Josh talked about it, when when. when when Jesus died on that cross, that veil was ripped and we all gained access and, and we, we all have the ability to go in and we all have the ability to pray and touch heaven. That's the most awesome thing in the world. It's just something so simple. And yet it, it, it's, it's, we, we make so many excuses. We're like, oh, I just have so much time. And man, I, I'm there with you. I, I have a family. I work, you know, I work long hours and uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I have to fight to, to make time, to spend time with Jesus, to, to, and it's something, it's not just something that comes easy. Um, if it was easy, you know, we would, more people would do it. And uh, we, we take for granted the fact that, that one day, there was a day that we all weren't able to, but now that we can, we don't. And uh, so now God judges, God doesn't judge like that. And God sent the sacrificial lamb. He sent Jesus and he sent him to, to be that one ultimate sacrifice. 
How many of you guys know that God's ways are not our ways? We always hear that. And, uh, man, we think all these, you know, pastors and preachers, and we think of these big names, and we think, oh, man, they're totally going to go to heaven, and they're totally going to be leading big churches. But, man, God doesn't look and judge necessarily like that. And, yeah, they probably will be. I don't know their heart. But I'm saying what God looks at is he looks at that, at your heart. And uh, what I was, what I was uh, <clears throat> noticing is when, when Jesus came the first time, uh, the the Jews were expecting the 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 savior that was going to come the warrior savior the one that was going to come in and save them and, and free them and and liberate them and and actually put them in their in their right place where they're supposed to be um and uh when he came the first time he came as a lamb he didn't come as that lion He's coming as the lion next, but the first time he came as the lamb, he came in meekness. He came, he came humbly. He was born in a manger, and uh, and he he didn't come like they thought he was going to, and that kind of freaked him out. They said, "Oh, th- this isn't our king. This isn't the king we read about. Th- who is this guy? You know, yeah, he's performing miracles." And uh, Jesus called out the Pharisees. I mean, they they fasted. They they you know they did everything. They read scripture. And, uh, but he told them, he says, I see your heart. He says, you're whitewashed tombs. He sees the whitewashed tombs in our lives and he can see every intention of our heart. Um, when we fast and we go out and we're like, Oh, I can't, I can't eat. I'm sorry. I'm I'm fasting. I'm so sorry. I'm just so spiritual. (laughs) I'm just so spiritual. I'm I'm sorry. I can't, I can't go eat lunch with you today. Um, (laughs) he sees that. Josh does that to me all the time. (laughs) He's like, I can't be like. I'm just fasting. I'm so frail. <laughs> I'm so meek. I'm just kidding. But anyways, God sees our heart. He sees that. And uh, we often forget that this man, there's a man that, that Jesus died and rose from the dead. And, and he's a literal man that lives in heaven. We don't realize that when you think of, of Jesus. We think of, oh, you know, yeah, he's in heaven. But, dude, it's a man in heaven. Like, there's there's angels and then there's Jesus and he's a man and he's sitting in heaven. Like, doesn't that, that, that fascinates me. I don't understand how you guys are not like, yeah, that's pretty cool. No, that is freaking awesome. Like, there's a literal man in heaven. There's a man in heaven right now. And uh, we just, uh, we don't, we don't think of Jesus as being that man. We think of him as some ethereal being that's a mysterious, oh, he's unattainable. I don't know what he's, you know, what is he doing? I can't see him. But he's a man. He has feelings. He has emotions. He has things that move him. Uh. And he longs for to return, and he longs to be reunited with his bride. So we, he goes to these great <clears throat> heights in order to return to his love. So you're like, okay, Eli, yeah. So I know that God is great, and he's majestic, and yeah, there's sin that separates him from me, and you know, I, I fail every day. And you're probably sitting there thinking, man, I, I, I don't pray as much as I should. I sin all the time. I'm always lying. I'm always looking at pornography. I'm always looking, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always falling short, man. How, how you're, you're setting this bar way too high, man. Can't you just bring it back down for me and, and just let me know that I just want to get into heaven. That's all. That Most people, that's really, they, they just don't want to go to hell. They're just like, well, I just want to go to heaven. I just, you know, I'll, I'll be a doormat. That's okay. I just want to get in there. I just don't want to burn in hell. <laughs> but man, God has so much more for you. God has so much more. He doesn't want you to just get into heaven. He, he has so much more for you. And, uh, when light, how many of you guys know, if we were to turn off the lights in here besides the, the window, we were to paint the, the windows like we did, it'd be utter darkness. 
So what happens when we turn the lights on? Where does that darkness go? Where does it go? It doesn't leave. It, does, it, it ceases to exist. Darkness doesn't, you, when you turn the lights on, it doesn't just run and hide and go into another room. It, 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 it doesn't exist. So the darkness in our lives, the sin that separates us, God is saying, let me shine that light on it. I want to get rid of that darkness. I want to get rid of that darkness. I don't want it to just leave you, to leave you alone for a little while until you turn the lights off. It's like, I want your darkness in you to not exist anymore. And that's good. <laughs> Whoa, it's been a while since I've been up here. Getting my... <laughs> I'm going to start twerking. <laughs> Please don't twerk. <laughs> no twerking in church. <laughs> All right, go home. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Hi, world. <laughs> Welcome to Overflow. <laughs> Uh, Saga Solomon 1.5. I only took the portion of it. It says, I am dark but lovely. It says, the darkness in us that God sees us as lovely. That should be so encouraging to us. Though we are faulty, he still desires you. In all the mistakes and all the mess. It's, it, some, one of my friends told me one time, he's like, man, God's not, God's not afraid to make a mess. He's not afraid to make a mess in your life. He's not afraid to make a mess out of situations. We're so careful. We're like, oh, you know, we don't want to make a mess. Uh, we, we tell my kids, especially, it's like if I, you know, if Adeline, she likes to, to eat cereal. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, if, if she could, I would tell her, grab some milk. But why don't? Because I don't want her to make a mess. But God's not like that. God's like, man, make a mess of it. I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up, man. Don't worry. Don't be afraid to make a mess. And, uh, and this this spark in us, because of, of that little bit of information, God wants our hearts to be turned, and he wants our hearts to, to say, okay, I'm going to, if you're not afraid to make a mess, then I'm going to make a mess out of everything. I'm going to make a mess out of, you know, there's, there's times, there's people in here, You've been called into ministry. You've been called to, to, to missions. Who knows? You, I don't know. You, you might be called to start a business. You're like, man, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to mess it up. I, I fail at everything. So I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to sit here and just go to work like I do 9 to 5 and just be miserable. But, man, do it. I'm just going to encourage you. Just do it. Just, just get up. Just try it. I mean, what do you have to lose? You're, you don't really have anything to lose. Your name? I mean, you know how many times people fail before they succeed? There's a million. There's a million stories out there, and you can pick up. You can talk to a million successful people, and you're like, "Don't tell me about how you succeeded. Tell me about how you failed. Tell me what you did wrong first. And man, you, I'm sure you'll have tons and tons of stories. Ask some of the successful people that you know, and say, "How many times did you mess up before you succeeded?" And I'm sure they're going to tell you a lot. But what causes us to fall in love with this man? Though we are sinners, he gave us Jesus. And it's just like a parent who gives a gift to a child who's undeserving. And my kids are terrible sometimes. I just want to, I do, I smack them all the time. They spank them. <laughs> but, man, when they, when Adeline and Tegan, when they want to go to see toys at Target, what do I do? I just melt. I'm just like, man, I, for, I forget about what happened in the morning and the, the mess that they made and the spankings that I gave them. But I'm like, man, I just, I just want, I just want to buy you toys. <laughs> 
oh man, it just does. Even thinking about it right now, I'm just like, oh man, I love my kids. And it's just, it's just like God. It's just like God to do things like this to cause our hearts to change, man. And if you don't have kids, and if you're not married yet, <laughs> just get ready because it's, it's awesome. It's the, it's the greatest thing ever. But one of the greatest things is this longing in our hearts to, to want more of Jesus. We're like, yes, I want more of you. I want, I want to be like you, God. But like I, like I said earlier, I fail all the time. I'm, I'm always messing up. One of the best things that, that God has designed, and it's, it's the coolest thing, is that God actually helps you love him more. It's the craziest thing in the world. I can actually pray, say, God, help me love you more. And he'll say, okay. And he'll help you love him more. Is that not the greatest design? Like that, who, who would even come up with something like that? That it takes God to love God. That when we, there's this principle, and this is kind of the meat of the, the, the message that I wanted to get to, is there's this principle, and it, it's, it's, it's a passage about when Jesus returns and uh, us, our bodies being glorified and uh, us turning into resurrected bodies just like he did. Um, when it's, it's a principle called beholding and becoming. And it's, it's, the scripture is in John. It's in 1 John three twenty two. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it is not yet revealed that we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So it's, just, it's not just a principle. It's not like, oh, yeah, well, when we see God come in the heavens, we're going to be like him. And yeah, we're going to get those glorified bodies. And that's, that's a whole different, whole different topic that we can get into later because <laughs> there's a lot of it. But um, it, it's a principle that, that's involved and it says when we see God, we, be, we, we are like him. And so many times we, we pray and, and we, we answer altar calls and we're like, man, I messed up again. And we come to church on Sunday, like I messed up Friday through Saturday and I just want prayer again. And man, that, that's, it's exhausting. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there every, every, it used to be, I used to go on Wednesdays when we would have revolution at, you know, Paso Youth. I'd mess up and I'd be like, man, I just, I screwed up. And I'd, I'd go up there and I'd be answering altar calls and I'd be crying out to God. I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. I failed you again. I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm a mess. How can you still love me? But the answer didn't come through altar calls. Altar calls are great. Don't get me wrong. Answer altar calls, please. Get as much prayer as you can. But the answer didn't come through through the 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 trials and the tribulations in my life were not answered by altar calls. It was answered by me spending more time with Jesus because I gazed at His beauty. I got who He was, and I under I got a, I got an understanding, a better understanding of who He is, how He does things, and that caused my heart to say no to sin. It says no. It says no. It says yes. That you know, sinning's fun. I want to go out, you know, going out, going out and partying, going out and having, getting drunk. That sounds fun, but I know where that leads. And it's like, no, because I know what he looks like. I, I've seen him. I've seen him in my life. I've seen him in, I, I, I've, I've seen him in my marriage. I've seen him in my, I've, I just see the things around me. And, I, I, and it causes me to say no to sin and yes to God. Because I'm gazing continually at his, at his glory, at his beauty. And it's messages, listen, to, find, find, find messages, li- listen to teaching. When you're, when, you're, when you're out in your car, you know, I don't know how long your drive is. Most people, it's like, it takes almost 30 minutes to get anywhere in the Metroplex. <clears throat> when you're in that car for 30 minutes, man, put on some teaching. Get, get some people around you that are going to cause you to kind of question scripture and say, does it really say that? Find a, find a, a, a pastor, find a, a, a teacher, find a mentor 
that that causes you and, and it's like well what does scripture say for my you know i hear josh every sunday and that's great and you know most people are living vicariously through josh and leslie and they say well they're doing all the labor for me that's old testament that is old testament you have access you you have your your prayer life god when you go to heaven god's not going to say well your pastors were awesome so you get to come into heaven no he's going to say did i know do i know you So we gaze continually upon this man, Jesus. The longer we gaze, the more that we become like him. When you hear the, a passage or a verse that intrigues you, just remember that it is the Lord wooing you. He's saying, Nathan. He's saying, come on. Come on, Nathan. It's like, oh, man, that, that scripture's good. And it, it's like, oh, yeah, he puts it away, puts it in his pocket, and he just kind of forgets about it. But he's like, no, are you going to come? He's like, are you coming? Are you coming? When you're laying in bed at night and you're thinking about, oh, man, that was a good, you know, that I heard or that was a good teaching I heard, or that was, you know, that was interesting. You know, God, God spoke to me in the car. Well, you know, he's saying, come on, wake up. He's all, let's do this. I have some things I want to show you. I want to take you deeper. But most of the time we just say, well, oh man, good night. And we go straight to bed. So he places this desire and this hunger in us to thirst after righteousness. So when you pray that prayer, when you have that little, even if it's a little inkling, you're just like, man, I, I really do, I really do want to say yes to God. I, I do want to be a better person, and I, I want to, I want to sin less. God placed that desire in you. That desire didn't just come because, oh, you know, you you think, oh, I want to be just a better person. God put the desire in you to be better. I'm telling you, He has so much more. And in order to love God, that we have to ask for God's help to love him. And I said it earlier, it's the greatest cycle that was ever been established. What other person has ever designed such a fascinating concept? He helps us to love him more. One thing I want to touch on real quick is the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit as a helper. So not only do we have this help in, in, in God, but he, we actually have this internal Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And, man, we just really have to nurture that relationship. We have to learn how to hear that voice and how to obey that, that little small voice in us. It's, it's, it really is something that we must nurture and develop. It is essential to develop a prayer life and to learn his voice. We develop a relationship by spending time and learning about him. So in Romans eight sixteen, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This is the greatest thing that I wanted to end on. It's the, the, think of your life as a trial. You know, when we die, we go to heaven, we're all going to be judged. And that kind of scares a lot of people. But, man, think about this. So you have, you're, you're there at trial, and you guys know, know what a courtroom looks like. Um, so we're there sitting there, and Satan's accusing. He's the accuser. He says, this person sinned. He does not. He, he he shouldn't be allowed to be in heaven. He shouldn't be allowed to be close to you. He shouldn't be allowed to rule and reign with you. But how many of you guys know that Jesus is our advocate? He's our attorney. He's the one that that represents us. And he, even cooler than that. So yeah, there, we have this person who who died for our sins, representing us, who loves us so unconditionally. And get this: His Father is the judge. His father is the judge. Do you guys not believe? (laughs) Does that not blow your mind? The person who died for our sins, 
his dad is the one judging us and his son is representing us and the spirit bears witness that is good (laughs) we have an active love interest who is at bat for us this is the greatest news we have ever received we have an active love interest who is at bat for us everybody involved is engaged emotionally we can walk with confidence because we know that our fate is in good hands we can rejoice and approach boldly to the throne we have that access we all long for that altar call that answers all of our issues and I said this earlier and solves all of our life's problems but the answer isn't in just getting prayer from other people because it helps but the answer is saying yes and beholding this man Jesus and saying yes to his his righteousness and saying yes to his his active um, just letting him be in our lives so many times we say no you know God I'll only let you come this far once you start messing with my money once you start messing with my time that's where it stops buddy so I'll say yes I'll go to church to you I'll, I'll pray, you know, do my little prayer. I'll pray before I eat. But right here's the line, buddy. We're not going to cross that. But man, God's saying, just come on. I want, more. I want you. I want more. I have so much more for you. I don't want you to just get into heaven. I want to show you things. I want to give you things. I want to. I want you to rule and reign with me. And that's a promise. It says, if we endure, we will rule with him.